Hi, I'm John. I'm one of the pastors at Victory and I'm also the director of our provincial churches. At Victory, we are committed to plant churches all over the Philippines, believing that together we can disciple this nation. Hope this message inspires you to honor God and make disciples. Uh, it is good to be back uh, and thank you for the opportunity to minister God's word. You know, I sense um, really the, the times we're living in, I think, are really times where we really need to seek God. And I, I want to commend you. Every time you gather here together, the Lord meets with us. Our prayers are not in vain. Your articulation may not be as eloquent as, it's not the eloquence of your words. It's the intensity of your heart to see God move in the earth today. And so I want to just commend you for being here. And since um, Ian mentioned about being in South Africa, the only way I can describe it, there were 5,000 delegates. About 300 were from the Philippines. Um, I, I believe it was a visitation from God. Um, I didn't even know at that morning, I haven't told this to Pastor Steve, but Saturday morning, October 7, the morning session for some reason he didn't feel like the way we were doing it was supposed to be. But so we made it into a prayer meeting that Saturday morning, October 7, not knowing that that's when the Hamas terrorists were going to attack the kibbutzes in that area. And I believe the visitation of God was really to bring refreshing and re-energizing for the work of the gospel. And I'd like to believe that even though not all of you were there, you're not any less uh, a recipient of what God wants to do in the earth today. And so I'm trusting that not just in our service, but in the coming days, we will sense that refreshing as well. And that renewing and a re rekindling of the passion of God for, for our lives and for the world that needs salvation. This is uh, our second installment of six weeks. And we want to, uh, our goal really for, for every one of us is to strengthen our foundation in the faith. We call ourselves Christians, but what really is the basis? Why do we call ourselves Christians? Because we believe that the scriptures, the Bible, is the word of God. And whatever the Bible claims is what we embrace and live by. What we believe in many ways determines how we live our lives. Now, many people in our nation at least claim to be Christian, isn't it? But if you look at the way they live their lives, then you might wonder, are they really what they say they are? In other words, it's possible to have what's called intellectual assent. Naniniwala ka sa pag-iisip mo, pero hindi naapektuhan yung pamumuhay mo. Mga kapatid, itong pananampalataya natin, mahalaga po na alam natin yung paniniwalaan natin. And you'll be surprised, uh, and, and it's good that you're even here. And we don't certainly claim to have all the, the knowledge. There are many wonderful Christian churches across this nation. But what matters is, what do we really believe? And so my hope is that your coming here is not for a lecture, but to strengthen you in your faith. And if you're not strong in your faith, that it would be strengthened because what we're doing is laying foundations. If you look at any building such as this building, the, what makes this building go up is the foundation that's laid. 
the deeper the foundation, the higher the building. And if your own Christian life, brothers and sisters, is going to go the distance, if you will, what matters is what is the foundation of your life. And the wonderful news is we have that foundation in the Word of God. And so this second week, I'll read the statement, and um, I, don't want, I don't want to take time to tell you about how we came up. This statement of faith that we have is not unique to victory or every nation. Many Christians uh, who are in the orthodox faith, if you will, believe this because this is derived from the Apostles' Creed, from the Nicene Creed, from the World Evangelical Alliance. But this is also our attempt because we started Every Nation Seminary uh, a few years ago, and I'm part of the faculty of that, our attempt to help define for us as a ministry, a global movement, we're now in about 80 countries, what we believe and how we're to preach the Word of God. And so let me go straight to the second point, and I'll give you the basis for this statement that we made. We believe God created all things, visible and invisible, out of nothing. All very good. He sovereignly sustains and governs creation for His glory and the benefit of His creatures. God created humans in His image, male and female, to know, love, and glorify Him in covenant relationship and to serve as stewards of the earth. The first Adam sinned against God. The first man, Adam, sinned against God, resulting in alienation, death, guilt, shame, and a curse upon the earth. Separated from God and subject to judgment, all humans have inherited a sinful nature from which they cannot save themselves. Now, before I go any further, please be reminded, okay, the way we're not going to end this message, okay, may not seem like, okay, so is there hope? Okay? Alalahanin niyo mga kapatid, meron pang apat na linggo, okay? So abangan ang susunod na kabanata, huwag kayong mawawala. Okay, kung hindi, mamimiss nyo. Okay, kung ano yung katotohanan na ipapahayag natin sa salita ng Diyos. Pwede na ba akong makikompete kay, ano, kay Brother Mike? Okay, mas magaling yung magtagalog, okay? Si Brother Eddie na lang, okay? They JL celebrated 45 years. I want to share with you five truths from the scriptures that reinforce this statement, okay? What is the first one? God made all things good. Genesis 1, verse 1 to 5. Okay, this should be something familiar to all of you, isn't it? You start from the very beginning, all right? Genesis 1, verse 1 to 5 says this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. I want us to understand the word hovering there is, I think another translation says brooding. And this reminds us of the time it's like a mother hen. Uh, a hen brooding over the eggs that's it's go that are going to hatch. That's the sense of this word. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. And God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. Now we'll skip over to verse 31. 
after he created everything, including humans, this is what he said. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. Scripture makes two foundational claims. Number one, God created all things. And all that He created was good. Mabuti po ang lahat ng nilikha ng Panginoon. Everything you see around us is good. Now, I'll qualify that because obviously that will elicit some questions. See, the idea of a one powerful God who created all things was not understood and believed in ancient cultures, okay? You have to understand this was written a couple, a few thousand years ago in the midst of, you know, there's really a, a time, was this written during the Babylonian times? Was this written when, you know, Moses is credited to be the author of the first five books of the Bible? And so there's all this question about when it was written, but the point is, it was addressed to that audience that was living at that time. And in the ancient world, the idea of one powerful creator, God, was not, was not uh, an accepted idea. It was only Israel that believed in a monotheistic God. Most of them believed in a po polytheistic God system. In other words, marami mga Diyos-Diyusan. And the way they understood it was these gods were competing with each other. And so uh, out of that conflict came out the world. And so in that sense, the implication of that was the world and the creation was inherently evil or at best neutral. So you have to understand your belief of God determines in many ways how you see what God did create. So maraming just na gumawa. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that in a moment. Versus one powerful God who created all things. Now, I'm getting ahead of myself, but if you remember the series on Exodus, we understood that who were the gods of Egypt or they were the river Nile, or the sun god Ra. Ganun yung pag-iisip, mga kapatid. Actually, even if you look at our history before the Spanish came, our worldview as a nation, um, the islands were actually animistic. We believed in a spirit world that governed. Diba? To this day, meron pa rin tao pag dumaan dun sa may nuno sa punso. Patabi po, diba? In other words, okay, Tas yung mga tikbalang, yung mga ano, I mean, mga kapatid, yung paniniwala ng kababayan natin, hindi pa rin nagbabago yung iba. Now, of course, that's the ancient world. In the contemporary world, the prevalent view of creation is actually not creation, but the theory of evolution. And I want to be careful, okay, because maybe some of you are in the academic sphere. And I grew up being taught in biology in high school about evolution. Now, yes, there's academic freedom. Yes, there's freedom to teach. But as long as the teachers say this is a theory, then, then I think they have the freedom to do that. The problem, brothers and sisters, and again, I speak as someone who grew up in the science field. I love math, I love science, I'm an engineer by training, so I, I speak from that standpoint. To say that evolution is fact and science is contradictory to what God's Word says. Now, let me say this clearly. 
Because the question is, 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 the, is the account of creation a scientific uh, treatise? No. When Genesis was written, it was written as theology, not science. But you'll find out that whatever, script, whatever is scriptural can be pointed out by science. Again, uh, let me qualify that because I, I want to be careful because I want to help our academics learn how to present the Word of God and science in a way that points to the reality of God, not negate it. So both creation by design in a way, let me say this, let me change it. It's not a theory, it's a statement of faith. The question is which is more plausible? Did things, were things made by chance, by, 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 by accidents over billions of years or was the earth created? Again, I don't have time to expound on that, but that's something that is really close to my heart because, because we're reaching students. We want to reach people. And if you grew up with evolution, I don't know if you realize the implication of evolution. Evolution means there's no purpose in creation. Everything is by chance. Everything has no purpose. There's no meaning. Think about that. Ideas, brothers and sisters, have consequences. Someone asked me, I mean, do you really believe that we came from monkeys? Now, my wife is here, so as far as I know, this is fact, unless proven otherwise. And Pastor Raymond used to be the pastor of the church. This was, uh, this was a story from the relatives of Pastor Raymond de Guzman, if you remember him. Many years ago, kasi meron silang relatives na taga, taga New York. Alam niyo ba mga kapatid, maraming Pilipino okay, na nagtatrabaho sa United Nations. Kasi magaling tayo sa English, di ba? So maraming Pilipino. So minsan daw, nung nando sa, ele- sa elevator, may sumakay ng mga Pilipino. Nag-uusap-usap sila. Mamaya, ting! Nagbukas yung elevator. Be, pumasok. Hindi ko nasasabihin yung ethnicity, okay? Pero iba, hindi Pilipino, okay? Tapos, pag sana nung elevator, nagbulungan yung dalawang Pinoy. Sabi niya, hey! Nagbulungan, di ba? Nakita mo ba yung kasama natin sa elevator? Oo nga. Ang pangit. Mukha unggoy. Oo nga. Taimig lang sila. So mamaya, bumukas na naman yung elevator. May pumasok na mamaya. Ibang Pilipino na naman. Biglang kinausap yung dayuhan na ibang ethnicity. Oh, pare, kumusta ka na? Eto, uunggoy-unggoy. Number two, <laughs> joke lang, okay? But as far as I know, as I said, ask Pastor Raymond. I think it was his mom who used to work with UN, with United Nations. So, no. Number two, God governs everything he made. Nehemiah chapter 9 verse 6, You are the Lord, you alone. You have made heaven and the heaven... Heavens, with all their hosts, the earth and all that is on it, the seas and all that is in them, and you preserve all of them, and the host of heaven worships you. 
Yes, God did not only create all things, but He sustains them by His powerful Word. Now, uh, that's Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. Let me read the other statements. God did not create the world and left it to it run by itself according to laws of nature, which is really what deism is all about. You know, I, I know the America's founding fathers, Jefferson and all that, they believed in, you know, they, were, they believed in God, but in their minds, God just, when He created everything, He just basically left it to run like a clock. That's called deism. And so, you know, things are left to run. Now, again, in engineering, you know, there's certain laws that help us be able to design machines, okay? Thermodynamics, you know, air conditioning system, warm, the law of entropy. There's certain physical laws, and it seems like left to itself, they'll just run things as they are. But if you look at Scripture, it actually says God sustains all things, by his powerful word. And when you reflect on that truth, listen. Ephesians chapter 1 says, We are a word spoken by God. When God created you and me, He spoke us into existence. Now, obviously, yes, we were born biologically and all that. But the fact is, and again, this is quantum physics, which I, you know, I'm not brilliant enough to be able to understand that. They're actually saying in quantum physics, you know, the, yes, you know, during my time, they used to have science, atoms, you know, molecules and all that. Ngayon po mga kapatid, the, electronic, the electrical field of these, these molecules are so fast, they're actually saying there's no substance to it. Okay, again, you can talk to physicists. It's a mystery now. They're actually saying... All that we have here, what's solid, is actually vibrations of these substances. Huh. What's my point? My point is, if God were to speak, stop speaking, we would be obliterated into nothingness. We would just simply cease to exist. God spoke you and me in love. In creativity. Tignan mo nga yung katabi mo. Okay. Totoo ba yan? O spaces lang? Okay. Actually, I'm getting ahead of myself. As I said, the ancient world believed in God of the different ages, but God is. You know what's amazing about this? He says God not only created the world, He preserves the world. This is very important implication. I said this last, I think early this year, about the miracle of the 5,000. You know, global leaders are saying the world is running out of food. 8 billion people. But scientists also are saying contrary. Actually, there's more than enough food to feed up to 10 billion people. The problem is not the availability of food. It's the greed of humans. That's the problem. Last December, nakalimutan na mga kapatid, onions were 800, 700, 800 per kilo. So expensive that, as I said, onion rings are now a piece of jewelry. Parang alahas na pala kung nagsuot ka ng onion ring. Ngayon bumaba na, mga isang daan na lang. You know what some members of our church said who are farmers? 
two provinces, Nueva Ecija, I think, and Mindoro, produce enough onions to supply the whole nation for one year. Just two provinces. Walang problema sa nilikha ng Diyos. Ang kasakiman ng tao, ang problema. Are you with me? God not just created the world, but He preserves all that He made. Don't believe this world is not going to end in destruction. God said, now, yes, He already did the flood. And yes, there will be a burning of the fire and the elements, but that has to be qualified. It's not going to end up in a nuclear war. Now, I have to qualify that. I'm making some statements that, you know, who knows? All I know is this. God is sovereign. He's not going to let this earth be destroyed by humans again. Which brings us to point number three. God created humans in His image. Then God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created a male and female, he created them. And God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. You know the implication? What does it mean for people to be made in the image of God? In atheistic societies, humans have only value to the degree that they contribute to society. But in Christian cultures, at least such as ours, we understand there is an inherent value in human life. Now, in practice, I don't know if that's consistent, There's inherent value in every human being because we're imagers of God. In other cultures, pag matanda ka na, meron tinatawag na euthanasia. Sa ibang bansa, ia-abort ka. Many implications, brothers and sisters, of this Statement from the scripture, we were made in the image of God. Every single one of you, whether you're smart, not smart, rich, poor, a certain height, a certain weight, a certain skin color, that's what the world does, isn't it? To attribute value to you on the basis of these things. But as far as God is concerned, you are valuable to Him. And we ought to value one another because of that truth. Now again, by saying that, I'm not saying, again, I know I want to, this is obviously more than just one preaching. That doesn't mean that you don't oppose people when they're wrong. What I'm saying is you don't devalue them on the basis of their image, but you, you can contend with them if they're doing things that are wrong. Okay? I hope that, I, I wish this were taught in university. The top two universities in this nation, 
Okay, the Athenians now are overtaking the UP, and I know UP is, doesn't like that. That's the price because we won in basketball. So ngayon, natalo na tayo sa ano, okay? What does it mean to be made in God's image? Let me give you five reasons. So when, when God says he's made in our, we're made in His image, it's not the physical attributes that He's talking about, but it's the following attributes. Number one is intellectual. Okay, Humans are self-aware and can think. They can reason, they can learn, they can communicate verbally using complex abstract language. He has an innate creativity and manifests in art, music, literature, science, and technology. He or she can perform logical and analytical functions. He can design, invent, create, and invent. You know, the fa- one of the fascinating... How many of you are musicians or love or music or appreciate music? All right. You know what I realized? Music is actually mathematical, isn't it? It's mathematical. And so, you know, some people, mathematics is boring, isn't it? But when you create music, what does it do? It ennobles your soul, isn't it? Or it actually, you, can, you know, if it's, if it's not, if it's a different kind of music. But every, I remember before, uh, even rock and roll music, okay? I grew up, okay, uh, wanting to have a stairway to heaven. Now, again, I'm not promoting Led Zeppelin. I'm just saying apparently, even rock music, if you look in scripture and some of the principles... It actually redeemed, okay? It can actually impart, it can actually impart, it's, it's a sense of warfare. It's warfare songs. So, that's one. Intellectual. Number two, ethical. Humans can distinguish between right and wrong and make moral choices. Number three is emotional. Humans can feel anger, love, compassion, grief, and the entire range of human emotions. Number four is teleological. Now, that's a, that's a heavy word. What does that mean? Okay, look it up. Google it. Not now. What does teleological mean? It means humans have a longing for purpose and responsibility. He has immortality. He will not cease to exist, but will live forever. He is not only as a physical body, but immaterial spirit and can act in eternally significant ways. And finally, number five, relational. Humans can have relationship with God, pray, praise, and hear from Him. We can have relationship with other people in community. God created within all that He has made, the latent potentiality. Now that sounds heavy. As He commanded, be fruitful and multiply. What does that mean? Inherent within God creating every one of us is the power to co-create with Him. He says, be fruitful and multiply. How many parents do we have here? Lift up your hands. Do you realize the miracle God gave you and me? That together with God, we've, we've produced, we've created, brought human beings into the world. Wow. That's a miracle. We're co-creators with God. And as I said, we can reproduce not just humans, we can reproduce 
agriculture and many other things. And so I hope the implication of this is you find fulfillment in your work. You find fulfillment not just in your service to community, but you find fulfillment. Whatever it is you're doing, as long as obviously it's legitimate. I said that before. You know, you can you you know you can produce marijuana and say you're a drug dealer or you're a pharmacist. Okay? I know marijuana is now legal in other countries, but that's another story. But what happened? Okay, and this is where reality bites sets in, brothers and sisters. Genesis chapter 3, verse 8 to 11, humans rebelled against God. When they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. He said, who told you about that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree which I commanded you not to eat? See, God gave Adam and Eve great freedom in Eden with so many delightful things. Think about it. The whole creation, the whole garden was available except for one command. Don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Mga kapatid, isang utos lang. See, eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil was, a, was representative of the authority of God. And eating it would mean a rejection of that authority. George Whitfield said this, let me quote. Uh, I know it's, I didn't put it, but listen to this. Alas, George Whitfield was one of the foremost evangelists during the 18th century in America. Yeah, before the first great awake, before the American independence, George Whitfield preached. Thousands were getting saved. Uh, and this is what he said. Alas, what a complication of crimes has, was there in this act of sin. One act of sin. Here is an utter disbelief of God's threatening the utmost, threatening the utmost ingratitude to their maker. Here was the utmost pride of the heart. That is, they wanted to be equal to God. The devil is credited and obeyed before him. Never was a crime of such complicated nature committed by anyone below. Nothing but the devil's apostasy and rebellion could equal it. Now, yes, I understand there was another player which we haven't really talked about. And that is the serpent who deceived them. But yet, I want us to understand something. Yes, we can blame the devil. But ultimately, the responsibility is still with the humans. So whose fault was it? Was it Eve or was it Adam? How many say Eve? How many say Adam? How, how many don't have an answer? Okay. Next week. I don't know if I have an answer to that question. Actually, I think it was Adam because he had authority. You know, anyway, never mind. Kasi yung problema, mga kapatid, minana natin yung problema, di ba? Two implications. Adam and Eve doubted God's goodness. 
can, can I tell you something? To this very day, we study the Word of God, right? We believe the promises of God. What do you hear in your thoughts? You think it's just your thoughts. Actually, the devil is still alive and well. When I say the devil, I'm not talking about one person named Satan, but the host of evil. You know what that statement is? Every time you hear a promise from God, did God really say? The devil's schemes has not changed. It's to make you doubt the promises of God. Two implications. Adam and Eve doubted the goodness of God. And number two, sin had widespread consequences. Separating us from God and one another. Infecting our souls. And the whole creation. Which brings us to point number five. All humans are sinful. Romans chapter 3 verse 9 to 12. What then? Are we Jews any better off? Not at all. For we have already charged that all both Jews and Greeks are under sin. As it is written, none is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they become worthless. No one does good. Not even one. You know, the fall of humanity. You know, the fundamental question is, if you look at the world out there, is, are humans fundamentally good or are they fundamentally evil? I think that's an important question. When you relate with people, well, clear, we know they were created in the image of God, but they fell. See, some theological perspectives say the human depravity of sin. Yes, but that's not the starting point. The starting point was we were created good, but for fallen humans. What does that mean? See, the fall of humanity was not just gradual, but it was swift and violent. If you read Genesis 3 and 4, what happened? The first murder when Cain murdered Abel. Because of jealousy. And then Lamech was not just a uh, multiplied. He bragged about killing somebody just because he didn't like that guy. And then he asserted his supremacy over women. And then if you look at the story. It says when God saw in Genesis chapter 6. There were actually through human rebellions. We don't have time for that. When the Lord said. When the Lord saw. The wickedness of man, had the intentions of his heart was always evil all the time. His heart was grieved and pained. He had regretted that he made humans. Can you imagine that statement? God was so pained by the violence in the earth that he actually regretted. Nagsisi siya na ginawa niya yung tao. I don't know about you. It's probably the saddest scripture you'll ever hear. But you know what's amazing about God? He didn't give up. But he had to start all over again. That's why the flood came. 
And then he started all over with Noah. But then it also deteriorated again. Now, that's why for the next few weeks, we're going to understand how that story unfolds. But I want to just leave you with this thought because as we end the service, the point is we all inherited the sinful nature of, of our great-grandparents, Adam and Eve. Now, I know that statement is difficult for some. It's easy for others. If you grew up knowing that you were a sinner, in many ways, it's easier, isn't it, to acknowledge it. It's the problem is when you think that you're a good enough person to merit salvation. That's the challenge. Because when we think that we're good enough, you know, I didn't commit those crimes. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. You know what that's called? That's called self-righteousness. And as long as you think you can justify yourself before God, then the work of salvation will have no meaning and no value to you and me. So my point in ending this message, as I said, it's going to get better. But I think it's good for our souls to posture ourselves before God. Say, Lord, there's no good thing that dwells within me. And yet, think about this. The fact that you are still here to this day, I think it's a good indicator that God is so much more gracious than we think He is. Let's bow and pray. Father, we thank You that when we understand the story of how You created everything good, but in our own doubt and unbelief, we all fell away from you, not just our ancestors, but every single one of us. Lord, we can only be humbled and awed by the realization that you've kept us alive to this very day. And you even sustain us, you provide for us, even when we don't obey you. You're faithful even when we're not. Lord, may we not presume. May we not think that just because our lives are okay that we're in right relationship with you. Lord, draw us to yourself. Lord, let us know the great length and sacrifice you went to so that we could be reconciled and have relationship with you. Breathe fresh hope. Lord, not condemnation, not hopelessness, but a renewed sense of hope. in who you are and what your great salvation is to us. Lord, let us have confidence in the days ahead that as we live a life that wants to please you, Father, you will do exceeding great and amazing things even in our lives, even when we don't deserve it. We give you praise and honor in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us. You can visit victory.org.ph to find a church, join the Victory Group, and give online. 
Thank you for partnering with us in discipling the city, the nation, and the world through your generosity. For more messages like this, you can subscribe to this podcast through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you listen to podcasts.